passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Here's a sample of a free podcast from the Post Wrestling Cafe. $6 gets you through the door at postwrestlingcafe.com. See you later. All right, and welcome back to MCU Later, Post Wrestling's exploration of the MCU universe. My name is Rich Fan, and joining me, as has been the case since I joined this team, my main man, W.H. Park. W.H., how are you doing? I'm good. As you can see, I'm he who always remains. Capital W.H. Right. What, what does that mean? Maybe people in the post-wrestling community are wondering, what does that mean, he who always remains? Well, let me just tell you, when you're all dust, I'll still be around. This is how we do it. And this episode will also be around because, W.H., this is going to be free and so for those of you in the post wrestling community that haven't yet joined the patreon side of the house you're going to be able to hear this and see us at some point thanks to way but if you want to enjoy what you're going to get with us after you're going to have to pay up you're going to have listen, to do it listen you fucking freeloaders let me tell you something okay if you like this episode if you like the the deep fucking analysis that you're going to get from me and rich well guess what there's like three fucking years of this shit on the on the cafe in the archives oh my god loki season one uh wandavision uh cap you know a falcon and the winter soldier all of it it's all there even the shit we don't like like secret invasion it's there it's there for me to like blast and like lump and like roast over a fucking fire like the like the charred piece of a, of a turd that it was yeah it's all there but you gotta pony up to the post wrestling cafe patreon.com is it the forward slash or the backslash I, I, I uh forward slash forward slash post wrestling i hope that's and, correct yeah and if it isn't we'll figure it out in post speaking <laughs> yeah. of if you don't if you if you hear us and you're like these guys are crazy but you want to hear pollock and ting talk besides doing they're talking about pro wrestling you want to listen to collision course or you might want to listen to Earth 616WH and John Pollock with Post Progress. You have options. So definitely give it a shot. And Some of those are free, Rich. Don't tell them that. They didn't need to know. Like Post Progress is free. Listen, it should be on its own secret five cups. You know, 
can I just tell you, like, this is, is the it? only thing that's that's not free usually. But most of my content is free because you know why? Because John and Wei, they are generous people. They thought we cannot, you know, keep WH behind a paywall. We need the we need the masses to experience he who always remains to, and, and to 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 enrich their lives with my deep analysis and tell you what's good and what's god awful out there. So what you're saying is instead of twelve foot that IL. John and Way decided it was 12foot.wh in terms of access into the greatness for free. That's right. Except for MCU later. If you want to hear more of this shit, you got to pay up. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Well, like I said, but hey, like I said, there's, I don't know, post wrestling's been going on like for five fucking years. So there's a lot of good shit out there. Like, listen, my favorite show, I'll be honest with you, it's talk I, and, and ask away. I love those shows. Just because, like, I just like listen, even though I, I IRL, John away, I, IRL John away all the time. You know, it's not new to me. It's like I see, I, I could be in their backyards and like, <laughs> oh, it's Pollock and Tang talking. You know what I mean? It's like I, I still like listening to it. I, on, on, that's how good it is. You know? Yeah, I especially like their trip to Detroit. That was really that was fun. Like them talking in fun. the car and kind of talking through things. And John and Way are so good at being, uh, what's the right word? Because I always say the same thing to Wade over at the torch. I feel like there needs to be a, a multiverse of madness where Wade and John sit in the car and just talk because they're so nonplus by things. And then when they are annoyed, they can un- address it in a way where it's funny, but it's still understated. It's 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 a skill. It's we should do this thing. We should do the same thing for when I, we, we drive from Pittsburgh to oh, Philadelphia. Because yeah. uh, but but a lot of them might, might just be be like pointing at various people, including the police, and going brap brap. Yeah, see if we do that, then uh, that might, episode might not last long. It'll be found footage, as as you know from the files of whenever the state police of Pennsylvania decide that uh, they're tired of brap brap. By the way, you know there's this group in AEW called the Bang Bang Gang. Yeah, you, me, and Scrum, we're kind of like a similar version of that in the post wrestling universe. We're the brap brap gang. Oh, I like that. Are we going to do the same entrance with the revolving? Uh, uh, yeah, except with uh, except with uh, I I don't know. They're using water, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess we can just use water. It's, yeah, you know. It's I, I just got to grow my beard out to get the juice levels because his his beard is. See, that's what I was thinking. You're I'm ironically I'm Jay White. If, if we're using that analogy, which is right? Great. Uh, you you are definitely rock hard, uh, rich fan. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who's and Scrump? Scrump is both the gun boys combined. Double guns. <laughs> and I like when he listens to this, and I know I know he's gonna listen to this because he's a massive fan of MCU later. I wonder what he's gonna think. He's gonna be like, hmm, I'm both the gun boys. I don't know how to feel about that. That's what he's gonna fucking say. <laughs> now, that we've given you all a great taste of what you're gonna hear. Before we talk a little bit about episode one of season two, uh, Labor Dollar Boris, I wanted to talk a little bit about, speaking of paying up, hopefully at some point in the next few months, the SAG after folks will get paid up by the screen, the, the, the stage and screen folks, the SGA and all that stupid stuff, because the screen actor skill needs their money. That's right. Listen, bye biker. You know, you don't need another jet, bro. Just give these people some the fuck their their fair share of the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like and, does Bob Iger and fucking Elon Musk and who a fucking guy who owns Netflix do they do they really need another secret island fortress? No, they don't. Just just pay. You know what? Also pay the the people who build sets and the crews. Pay them pay them more money, man. Because without them, you've got nothing. That's that's right, Bob Iger. You've got nothing. So just be just just you don't need another billion dollars, my friend. Just pay pay up. Give people money. Pay them what you owe. Pay them what you owe. One thing we found out though is thanks to a copyright filing in September nineteenth, twenty twenty four, it's listed as approximate due to everything going on. But we're gonna get back at the the dark hole diaries. What do you think about that? And how do you feel about uh having that date kind of tentatively slapped on there as part of the three big 24 drops, including January 24th with Echo, which if we do cover Echo, when we do cover Echo, uh, I think there'll probably be one episode if we can get uh, our good friend by way of my main man, Sam McCoy, to come on. Uh, He can talk for his good friend that we met about what's going on. Hopefully the strike's over because as writers, it's over. But as far as actors, like having solidarity, that's the goal. Yes. So what, what do you think about that? And of course, mid twenty four. What if season two? Yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. I don't know. Like uh, with I, I, of those things, I'm probably the most excited about Agatha Listen. because I think Catherine Hahn did such a great job of portraying the character, and I, I'm curious what what are they going to do with with her character? What are they going to do with the Darkhold? Are we finally going <laughs> to see Mephisto? There's so many questions, Rich. Yeah, so and so many people. Everything, everything around a quarter was Mephisto, and just maybe Mephisto is going to be discussed in this this episode that we're going to review. Yeah. So, and speaking of this episode, before we talk about it in proper, I want to talk about coming to principle, some of the principal people, and why some of the Easter eggs we'll discuss make sense. The episode, as I said before, the name is Orboris. Uh, it was directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who have been a collaborating duo for the. Uh, whenever they do create work, and written by Eric Martin. And so, Justin and Aaron, you may remember them from one of the last shows we did together because they did two of our favorite episodes, Summon the Suit and The Tomb from Moon Knight. That's right. They are uh, a very uh, up-and-coming uh, directing duo. And uh, they are pretty much, the, the along with Eric Martin, kind of more or less, you can call them the showrunners. Yes. This, this season of 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 uh, of Loki, um, they are going to direct every. Uh, there's like uh, six episodes in total for this season, and they are directing four of the four of the episodes. And most of these episodes are written by Eric Martin or co-written by him. And um, yeah, it's exciting, and, and I'm, I'm excited based on this first episode because I I came away thinking, holy crap, this thing was so well put together like um just, if we take the acting out of it just the, the sheer craftsmanship and artistry in the direction the set design and and the editing and some of the just and the way it it kind of took everything from season one and brought it into see this episode of season two the, the introduction and then set the tone for like you know like for 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 viewer yeah, my god i'm 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 excited what's What's what are these are these questions going to get get answers to them throughout this season? I hope so. I, I don't know how many seasons they're going to do of Loki. This could be the final one, but we shall see. It could be all dovetailing into, uh, you know, what what is it supposed to be? Uh, 
not really Secret the War. Secret War? No. Mm-hmm. The Secret Wars? <laughs> yeah, Secret Wars. Yeah, Secret Wars. It, then, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and Eric Martin, you mentioned how much you like them. Martin also previously did last season's Loki. He did the Nexus event episode, which we really like with Sif. And for all time always, which, of course, was the big reveal and kind of all the fun stuff we saw at the end of the season. So him carrying the the torch forward, so to speak, makes a lot of sense. Uh, what did you think, jumping right into the episode, one of the main plot lines we had from season one was the end of the solo timeline, the creation or recreation of the multiverse, and the chaos that was supposed to erupt as of the time of this. When we start, one of the first revelations we see is that not only has the war been fought, it was fought in the future. How did how did you feel about that revelation? And well, I I thought the the for me the big revelation was that when Sylvie pushed Loki through a, through a time door, it didn't send him back to an alternate timeline or one that I, got reset or anything. He was sent to to the past where okay. he's never met Mobius or or any of the hunters and and this is a this is a version of the TVA where Kang he who remains his he, he's he's in charge so he it didn't get to a reset timeline it, that cuz the timeline that we experienced in the in the first season still exists and so what we see is Loki slipping time slipping between the past TVA and the present TVA that he that he is aware of and that he is known in and it's it's and I thought it was like oh we got he got sent to a, an alternate universe in the multiverse no he it's the same universe because TVA is kind of not able to to branch right yeah in the TVA there's no branching so oh my god okay he is actually in the past and it's all this great awesome time travel stuff that that I like where people's memories are being created at that moment. It's like, it's like what I forget which season of loss where they just did all this time travel stuff, which I love. I think that's probably my favorite season of loss is the one where they really dive into like going into the past and then creating these memories for the characters in the present or slash future. It it, it's, it's great. Like the the revelation that, but the, the revelation was that it's not the first time that, the the multiverse is branched because like you know what what's uh uh her it's a uh, mobius talking with hunter x no it's not x5 x5 is the dude uh b15, b15 right b15 and they're saying oh it's branching is there's 65 timelines and he doesn't want and he referring to kang doesn't want us to do anything about this so this has happened before but what is the event that caused this branching of like 65 different branches to start happening in the past TVA. And then how is it related to what happens, what is happening now where Sylvie caused the branching by killing he who remains at the, at the end of uh, time. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you look at the recording, one of the things I liked is that you see that, and I'm going to be sharing it for those of you who are joining us. One of the fun things I do like to do is every now and again, I learned this from way when he would host things with WH, I had some saved items. And so sharing here on the screen, it's a photo of one of the TVA uh, analysis, you know, tubes where they have the future forward meets the past. The date of the first multiversal war was listed. If you pause it during that scene as June 12th, 2321, which is insane because again, 
This week's episode, Ouroboros, is not just an Oscar-winning character who we'll get to in a minute, I'm sure. It's also the fact that, as WH just mentioned, because of the fact that the TVA is outside of time, everything has to happen in a loop that was, will be, or, sh- or currently is. Yes. And so that is just, from a, t- from a sci-fi standpoint, that is like the hardest of hard drugs for me. Like this is looper if it was better. Yeah. Like, this isn't like, hey, we're going to pretend like these two guys look exactly the same. Just work with us here. It's it, well, Ouroboros is the the snake that eats itself in a loop, right? Is so it? it's also the name of our our new character that we're going to probably see a lot more of this season. Um and but it's a metaphor for like this time war this this event that is created by kang and the the war that he will start in in the future our future um but it's the past for the tva and it's the past for loki um it it's it's crazy and and i have a lot of faith based on this episode that they're going to be able to stick the landing with this concept because i i can't think of a single thing in this episode where i thought that doesn't make any sense or it it doesn't fit in with what happened before what we currently know about the the way time travel is going to be um presented in loki yeah and for me i am i've seen a number of articles and so i don't want to act as if i'm the only person that sees this as a good point but i wanted to bring up to you uh especially with ob mentioning the idea of the plan and like you mentioned i lost them remembering as he's telling them the first time in the past and then catching up to them in the future. The method of you've got to do this or, you know, you're going to explain your skin. Will basically. Well, for, well, well, for Mobius, it says he'll be, he'll be husked. So his yes. skin will fall off because he's the one who has to go out into the, the time loom. Right. But for Loki, because he's, uh, because he's the one who has to get temporarily pulled out of the time stream. He's experiencing this um, uh, time slipping, which is basically the idea of like spaghettification, as they say in the show, where like if you were to go into a black, fall into a black hole, you'll be turned into spaghetti, basically. Like you're not just your body, but like your whole essence, because you're you're going to be pulled apart. The the gravitational forces are going to be so unbelievably strong that they're going to like tear you apart into different times, times and and. And, and physics and, and time travel, and not just physically, but your soul is going to be... It's like Hellraiser. You, they're yes. going to tear your soul apart. I mean, if you want a good visual, too, think about Thanos when he was using the reality stone. And they were just like, like, but just permanent. Not them giving us the gentle out of as soon as he leaves, it deactivates and you return back to your natural position. That would have made it a heck of a, uh end game for you know the Guardians to have been spaghetti and trying to save the day. But that's a conversation for another day. My question for you is, looking at that and the idea of pruning, the one thing that jumped out for me is this is also a meta pruning of the MCU. Because as they make these established storylines and as they jump around, they now have a very logical and a very fact-driven method by way of the show and everything that comes out as a result to if you need to recast people, if you need to remove events entirely from the continuum of what we've seen so i I thought about the eternals hey why haven't anyone why hasn't anyone talked about a giant hand in the middle of the ocean well maybe they didn't see it because as these timelines get warped and rewarped 
Mm. It either didn't happen or it happens at a different time relative to when they announce it. Who's, you know, Steve Rogers. Okay. It could be the Chris that is the chosen Chris, or it could be a new Chris. It could be Chris Pine, which would be hilarious just because they, if they continue adding Chris's, that, that's just that's just me being a, a, a maniac. But what do you think about that? Like the options with them having, and even he who remains, this season had been filmed prior to all of the majors issues that the major majors issues that had come up in terms of allegations of assault, all these other things, him trying to act as if he was the Kardashian that did the Pepsi commercial that stopped the fight where people had found footage of him stopping a school, like all of that weird stuff. If they feel like it's too crazy for them to stay on the, the majors, uh, merry go round, they could hop off and find someone else. I personally stick with, if you want King to be, the he who remains and we bring back uh the original iron Ma- uh, the original war machine i'm here for it. but given all my ramblings what do you think about that and what i do you think, think it's, about it's the future? i well considering that's not only you know you know kang here but also namor we gotta worry about yeah. you know oh, so God. yeah th- i think you know like maybe if like people had Disney haven't already thought about this. People at Marvel Studios haven't already thought about this, and they're listening to this because, you know, we have a lot of fans over at the Kevin Feige HQ, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to be like, you know what? We can we can do that. We can use this idea of the TVA and multiverses and variants to recast some of these problematic actors that we have in these major roles, you know? You know, like I, 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 I don't know. I, by the way, Terrence Howard, I don't know if I want to see Terrence Howard back, but like well, we can always, there's always a lot of good options out there. If you, if you know, what about Tim Kang, Korean, Korean American actor, Tim Kang to play Kang. How, how, how crazy would that be? I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know, but I, I do like that idea, Rich. I think it's, it's a good idea of like, you know, in a meta way, like I like how you 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 presented that. Way. It's a meta way. It's a meta way of doing something meta in the real world. Yeah, and one of the other things they did, which really we can't do in the real world yet, is the way that he who remains and Ravana Renslayer, the audio as we get in the beginning of the episode that we hear, and the plans or the plans that had succeeded, and because of the time, you know, being when it is and how it is, uh, the pruning also led to the mental side of things. We find out that Kang, he remains rather, and his uh, cohort have been memory wiping everyone in the TBA. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that revelation and the fact that Ouroboros is the only person other than, say, Miss Minutes that is aware of what's gone on for at least the last 400 years? Because that's where Ouroboros said his memory kind of goes as far back as... Yeah, I, I think it's it's really interesting because the implication is that Ravona Rav, Renslayer has also been mind wiped, right? And because like in that audio, he's basically saying, "You helped me win the multiversal war. You and I are going to lead together." But okay, then she's basically made into a judge, mm-hmm. right? She's been demoted, so to speak, and she believes in that the people who are in charge of the TVA is not Kang. But the time, but the timekeepers, and it's that. But she's, 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 you know. So she's been mind wiped by Kang as well. Why? What happened there? Because, like we talked about in season one, like in the comics, Ravona is the love interest of Kang, 
Um, so to bring that character into this ver- into Loki to be associated with a TVA, oh, okay, well there there must be some kind of relationship that they're going to delve into between Kang and Ravona, and they are. They, they we've got a hint of that uh, on this episode, and then we'll probably explore it even further. I I my my theory is that she's the one who pruned Loki at the end of this episode to enable him to you know jump out of the time stream and and stop uh, stop the time slipping happening for him for him anymore yeah and for you kihui kwan his role not only is he a fantastic actor but the wonder and the innocence he puts into the role mixed with the aged wisdom i thought it was a he's a great addition to the team he is i i what what a what a continuation of the great year great two years he's been having as an actor and like i i know i've seen footage of him when he you know with with like a featurette of him joining this cast and like he's such a big fan of the mcu that for him to get the call they're like hey would you like to be this character that we're going to introduce in season two um you'd be perfect for it and then he was like yeah for sure and then he i think he's killing it i think the chemistry he has especially with owen wilson and uh tom hiddleston um maybe a bit more with tom hiddleston yeah yeah uh, we haven't seen too much of him and Owen Wilson, but I feel like maybe if we get more scenes with with Orboris and and Mobius down the line, that uh, we're going to see like maybe they're going to steal the show as as the power couple <laughs> in the series. But like his his relation his his like chemistry on screen chemistry with Hiddleston as Loki it was fantastic, especially with the parts where he goes where Loki goes into the past of um, to meet Orboris for. His second, his second time, but Orbor's first time meeting Loki. Yeah, and for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the picture we have of him in the basement, the archives essentially, and he's just—I just want to smile every time I see him. He is just joy personified. Just oh, character to add to this group. What did you think of? Speaking of new characters, we're introduced to General Docs, and we—I I believe we saw her in the first season, but we see more of Judge Gamble. Mm-hmm. What did you think of their additions to season two and General Dox's quest for Sylvie, despite being told what's going on? I, I, I think Kate Dickey as an actor is just fantastic. She, she's obviously really famous for being um, uh, Lisa Stark. Uh, no, Lisa, uh, <laughs> the, fuck? The, the aunt of like the, the Stark kids. Right, because she's right. Catelyn's sister, right? Liana? No, yeah. Lisa. Lisa, you're right. Lisa, right? She's the one with the right. really weird child that she still Nothing breastfeeds, else. even though he's like a teenager. Right. Weird, but she's great. She's also like very memorable in the like the five minutes she has in the Last Jedi as as an imperial as a first officer, uh, first first order officer. So to see her in this is pretty cool. I thought she she presented like just her image alone is just like. It's perfect. You don't really need to do too much. She has mm-hmm. a very like striking, very unique like aesthetic to her. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I I am not familiar with the actress Liz Carr until today. So I looked her up. I was like, oh, she's she's really fascinating. And then oh, okay, she she's you know she's been like an actor for a long time doing like kind of uh, specialized roles for for someone with like her condition. Mm-hmm. And I thought her as Judge Gamble was like really fascinating, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 really excited to see uh, more of both characters. Yeah, I, I liked her in The Witcher and Good Omens. I love the fact that 
as an actress, her, uh, and if you want to look up in, uh, like the, the history of, uh, the malady she has, which is arthrogyposis multiplex congenital, uh, it affects the joints and muscles. And so she's had to use a wheelchair since, uh, basically about the age of 10 or 11. And she has to let that stop her from being a fantastic actress. I think her role here, she seems like a person who's going to be, don't let, uh, facts get in the way of a good pruning I, I i was i was very happy that she decided to pause the prunings pending uh everything that they're discovering as opposed to general docs who went the other way but her her statement of like basically my life is a lie and they had to have, help, help her out of her existential crisis because like everyone i ever pruned like what have i done like i've been following this thing because you know as always you get the pruning stick revelation that oh he who remains and the variants have been there the whole time behind it what did you feel about that like i clearly we saw that timeline wise it was going to be the ouroboros but when they got that revelation do you feel like it was earned um i i thought it was a nice touch that you know like in the war room like judge gamble general docs and then the and they tell b15 like you gotta everything's gotta be on the record but when when Judge Gamble, like, you know, has that existential crisis. Oh, oh my God. Think about all those people I've pruned. What am I, I've murdered like, you know, countless people by pruning them. She, that's not on the record. Right. She doesn't record that part. She, then she goes on the record saying, Oh, I'm going to suspend all prunings from here for That's the part she records. Right. It's, it's, it's a nice little touch because um, I think the weight of what they, the TVA has been doing is slowly but surely sinking in. And they, we have to assume that, you know, with, you know, judge Gamble and docs and general docs, they're, they're the top of the, they're the top of the pyramid. And then it's just going to spread the re- the revelation of like, you know, the timekeepers are all robots. You've actually been working for Kang. You are, you've been like, you haven't been doing good. You've been doing some really terrible things actually in the name of what you thought was good. And then, like, as it filters down to, like, the characters like Casey, who are administrators, right, to, to like, what's going to happen? What are they going to start thinking about? And, and I, I think, I don't think, I don't know if it's earned in this, in this moment, but I think we're going to see it be earned maybe throughout the rest of the series. I hope we do. Yeah. And again, for those of you watching and for those listening, I have had a picture up in the background of one of the hidden murals, which contains the multitude of Kangs as well as the uh, the the worship. I think in that second picture, is that accurate? It looks like they're almost worshiping as they look up. At, it's always basically to your interpretation, but how would you describe that second photo? That's like the timekeepers, right? And I don't know, it looks like they're like, well, they're pruning, aren't they? They're pruning the, the, mm-hmm. the, a the tree, tree of time. The tree of time, but isn't, maybe it's also the, the, the world tree. That's in Norse mythology. That's for, maybe that's a kind of like bringing all things because this show stars Loki, right? Right. And and that's a big part of Norse mythology is the 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 world tree. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Yggdrasil. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'd be a nice way to to like think that okay, actually that is a that is a real symbol in in the multiverse and that you know it's it, it's related to this idea of 
branching timelines and so forth and so on. And it's a nice little touch because like I, I sometimes feel like we don't get enough of like, oh, Norse mythology aspects of who Loki is. Yeah. And it's interesting. You mentioned the loom and Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil essentially is what the temporal loom is. It functions as the, it contains the nine realms and that's the way you're connected. I love that because of both my love of Norse mythology as well as playing God of War the last few years. Uh, it also allows for us to see, as we're looking at these, the um, Easter eggs even in this series, especially with episode one, are a little bit different compared to some of the other shows because they're tying so many pieces together. The first one I wanted to talk about was uh, one where they haven't given it full credit, but because of the writer and the um, showrunner, co-showrunners, one of the TVA workers, we hear listening to the tail end of the Staying Awake podcast, we first heard in Moon Knight, and I thought that was quite fun. Yes. What what Easter eggs did you want to kind of bring up and talk through? Uh... Because there's also the Danger Room or some sort of (laughs) X-Men adjacent. You zoomed in on the X. That's an easy one. We wouldn't want to trip over the lowest hanging fruit, but I, I wanted to kind of jump. No, in. I, I, I've done so much about Easter eggs so much as like little touches yeah. here and there, like with Casey, for example, yeah, they, um, his character, like when we, whenever we see him in season one, he's got that, that pink, that uh, ink stain in his pocket yeah. where his all, he keeps all his pens. Right. But when we go to the past, when he's buff, buffering the floor, right. Pre mind wipe, he doesn't have all his pens and it's like his, his shirt is clean for a change. This is like, you know, those little touches like that, I think are like, it's so detail oriented, th- this episode that like watching like Easter egg videos and like things you might've missed. I was like, yep, I, I missed that, but that's a great little detail. Um, I just think, yeah, all those things that are really cool. I, I do like that picture of like Kang in his traditional comic version, having a war with himself. It's the Kang war basically. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I just think it's, it's, it's really cool that it's obviously this thing is filmed like on set. They created, they built sets. It's right. not digitized. Like the volume is and star most of the star Wars stuff. Um, I think the way, and I think that's on purpose because the way they direct things is, is like using a lot of handheld and to, to try to like, and, and stat and like center framing. So like you can, you don't have you as the audience don't have to like you know like avert like readjust your eye eyesight to match the 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 kind of like the eye line of characters talking to one another. It's it's all static, and I think that's really great, a really nice touch, and the the fact that they're able to not have to use so much green screen in necessarily with the sets that they're trying to film it as real as possible is is a really nice touch. It feels much more cinematic in that sense than than some of the stuff we've been getting recently from from uh, Marvel. And I like the handheld stuff too. That the cinematographers like I don't know if you saw this. Um they mentioned in the first season they like to play with light and color and it seems as if season 2 they've been given the green light to not only continue that but just completely mutate it into whatever they wanted and so they've been using handheld cameras even uh like iphones and phones in addition to traditional camera work to get some of the shots we see and i think that's just again ingenuity 
Well, talking about lighting, it's like, you know, you contrast the way the TVA looks in the first season when Loki first arrives there as a prisoner to when he goes into the past. It, the past is like much brighter. It's a, it's a much more well lit. You can see, really see the TVA, especially like the statues of Kang all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it's daytime there when he goes into the past. But when we, when we, when we first see it in the present or future, it's dark. It looks like a nighttime. It's it's continually it, it is shot at night. But I think that's a nice contrast because the the, the the inference is that the past TVA was a much better place, a much happier place to work at, and and controlling the multiverse was actually not so dark for the people who worked at TVA. Now they're all like, you've got this impending you know threat that they have to create these blast doors to to stop. For, you know the the time limit from disintegrating people who are looking at it um versus like you know like the, they didn't have that kind of stuff back 400 years ago it's this is a new creation that they because they've experienced this before they just don't remember it and that's so fun i mean listening to uh interviews that the team put together uh kevin wright the executive producer in particular uh mentioned uh and this get they'll talk about kind of the things we get to at the end after we've seen the successful uh, work on both ends of the spectrum, both with uh, Loki pruning himself and and all that, and then also as Mobius is kind of like completed his mission with the assistance of Loki once he's now fully back into the timeline and not you know fractured. Time travel is only as interesting in the worlds you're going to. So being able to go to places and play with nostalgia and living in something like a classic McDonald's, which is a completely based off nostalgic view of the past, was something that excited us. You want to be able to look at the past and experience it with modern, fresh lens. Easter eggs and tie-ins feel like a fun way to experience that. That McDonald's logo is instant shorthand to people's own past and nostalgic views. So sometimes just as a storytelling device, it's incredibly helpful. And so I love the fact that they're leaning into the Easter eggs and particularly with the usage of time in our literal sense. I talked about it with pruning. They're using time travel with us mentally as they show these pizzas in nostalgia, which, as you said, is great shorthand. What do you think of that? And what did you think of Sylvie's uh, appearance? Oh, so for people who don't know, Sylvie appears in 1982, right, in mm-hmm. the city of Broxton, Oklahoma, which for those of you who have read Thor comics is where after Ragnarok happens and the relaunch of the Thor comic by uh, John, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, he sets it, Thor, you know, shows up in Broxton, Oklahoma, and he decides, I'm going to bring Asgard back. So he brings Asgard back in the state of Oklahoma, uh, about 10 feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes about, and the first, like, I think uh, six issues are him going around trying to find various members of our cast of Asgardian characters, including the Warriors Three, including uh, Loki, including well, not successfully until later on Sif, but but yeah, it's 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 a nice that's a nice little Easter egg. I, maybe that's what you're trying to refer to earlier uh, with me. Uh, but yeah, Broxton is an Easter egg from the JMS run of Thor, and it's still even to this day. I think it's it can it pops up. Every once in a while, in different writers' runs of Thor, where they where they bring up Broxton. Broxton does play a big part in the Jason Aaron run of Thor, which is like my favorite run outside of the Simonson, Walter Simonson run. Of, yeah, of and I like especially given in the movies 
new uh, Asgard is in Norway. Here we get Sylvie showing up in the sight of what was the comic book, as you said, new Asgard. And the hope is maybe when she retires, much like Thanos, instead of sitting in a uh, a, a little stare at the farm and, and enjoying a universe halved, she's at a McDonald's eating a big and cheesy and because she eats one of everything, which that's hilarious. Just I don't know how you go from a fillet of fish to like, like I, I can't even think of the food. Well, I mean, well, I mean the, the the menu would be a lot more limited than what we have at McDonald's these days. When <laughs> yeah, I mean they just said, oh, the new the the new okay. menu item is the chicken McNugget, which to me is crazy. If that 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 was ever considered to be a new menu item at McDonald's. Yeah, while we're chatting, I'm gonna look McNugget. I think it's it 81, I think, they said. In the, they in the said thing. she went to 82 Broxton. Yeah. It didn't get added to menus until 1983. Okay. Well, she's in a – it did say she's in a branch timeline. So in this timeline, it made its debut in 82. But it was introduced to select markets in 1981, which for me, I think Broxton would have been one. Because a small town is the best place to test it without the word getting out, especially right. in the 80s, because you didn't have tweets and Instagram posts. Wow. That's right. That's amazing. Okay. Okay. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What what do you what do you think? Because with our time being what it is, typically at this point in the show, we would jump to form.postwrestling.com. And please, we encourage you over the next five episodes, jump in there. The remaining five, we're gonna want you to have your comments. I know I already uh, heard from a few folks that they're gonna throw them in starting this week. So get in there, please do it. We're looking forward to it again. That's form.postwrestling.com. Since we don't have that, I, I do want to explore because we didn't do a preview episode. What is your maybe one or two key things you want out of this season? Uh, we already talked about the bad taste that was left in our mouths from uh, our previous engagement, which was just what, what we thought was going to be a secret invasion. Hashtag not our secret invasion. Um, what my what are my hopes for? I, I You know what I would love to see? Cameos. And particularly, I want to see a cameo from Chris Hemsworth. Okay. I want to see Thor show up. I, I think... It would be really nice to have Loki and Thor reunite on this show because if you really think about it, those two are are linked and it Thor <clears throat> Thor movies where you explore their relationship and have them together are the better Thor movies. The Thor movies the Thor movie that doesn't have Loki in it is shit, right? <laughs> the the Thor movie that really explores their relationship, which is would be Ragnarok. Right, um, is probably the best version of their the relationship. I think also like the the first Avengers movie is a great example of like those two really complementing each other as characters. So I would I would love to see Thor show up. I think it would be a great 
I, I can't imagine if they asked Chris Hemsworth that he'd say no. I think he'd be like, hey, can I keep my shirt on so I don't have to work out? <laughs> just my arms, right? Can I just show my arms? And they'd be like, yeah, sure, Chris, no problem. We just want you to show up, man. And so, like, Depending yeah. on when they do it, it could be, you know, the Thor, like, you know, uh, four or what, what, what do they call him? Fat Thor? Like, I, I want to call him a less aggressive name, but like, if I would Thorbowski? love to see Tom. The, the big Thorbowski? The big Thor. Oh, I like it. The big Thorbowski. Could you imagine if he ran into that guy? And it's like, this has to be like a, a, a variant. He's like, no, no, this is, this is canon. This I, is the Nexus event. I don't, I, 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 I would love to see. You know, short-haired Thor from Ragnarok. That's my favorite version of Thor. I like the big Thorbowski in Endgame, and you know, you know, and all. But I, I'm very fond of Ragnarok version of Thor. I don't need to see, you know, um, Love and Thunder Thor ever again. Ragnarok Thor, I can, I can see again. Short-haired Thor with with missing eye would be good too. That where he looks more like his dad, where he looks very much like. He's turning into Odin. That'd be good for, for Loki to see. It's like, oh my God, are you turning into Odin? You turning into dad? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And for me, I think I'm, I want to see more of the relationship between Mobius and Loki. Yes. At this point, it's not like a midnight run where it's the criminal and the cop like it was in season one. It's almost like uh, 48 hours or another 48 hours <laughs> where... They have the respect established and now they're just getting to the good stuff of being mutual friends and like colleagues. And, you know, that, that, that's always a good buddy cop type deal. And yeah. so that's always going to be fun. And I want to see what Ravenna is doing because yes, totally. Gugu Mbatha-Raw is one of my favorite actresses. And I feel like she, every show she's ever been in that I've enjoyed got canceled. And so I feel like I need her to get her justice here. I, I want to see the connection of this to quantum mania, like things that we saw in quantum mania, but not, not everything because quantum mania was actually also pretty crap too. Uh, now that I think about it, but yeah, I want to see the connection of Kang's. I want to see Ramatut Kang. I want to see, you know, um, Scarlet Centurion Kang. I want to see, um, whatever that other Kang, the, the cyborg Kang is, that I that that's that was unique to that post credit scene in Ant Man and Wasp. Uh, I want to see more Kang. You know, I really want them to explore Kang because I think that was the promise that was made in uh, the end of season one and in you know Ant Man and Wasp: Quantumania. I think we need to see Kang be developed more, and we're gonna get it more, right? We're gonna we're gonna go into the past when Mobius and Loki. We got that tease in the post credit scene of Quantumania where they're going to run into Kang in his past. We don't know yet. Who knows? It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to um, exploring that character, regardless of who the actor is playing, portraying the character. Told before we get out of here, uh, two quick things. One, this, this season of her MCU later, in addition to WH's recommendations, I wanted to try a section called what you're reading. And so, what you reading, them? So, as far as comics, I'm gonna actually, you know, Jermaine from Chicago, he's gonna, he's gonna like do backflips or or some shit, yeah. you know, because I'm gonna recommend a DC comic. I'm gonna recommend Wonder Woman number <laughs> one, the the new series that just launched a couple of couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, as of this recording, 
It's written by probably one of the most popular writers in comics right now, Tom King. He, he's one of you, Rich. He used to be in the CIA as well. <laughs> uh, and it's drawn by uh, uh, Daniel Semper, who's uh, kind of an up-and-coming artist. Uh, the, the the premise is, is like, yeah, you know, like some Amazon, unknown Amazon has committed mass murder. So now the U.S. government has banned all Amazons from the United States of America, including Wonder Woman. And and so, you know, Diana's got to go out there and find out mm-hmm. what the deal is with this, 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 this outlaw Amazon and what's going on mm-hmm. with the U.S. government. And uh, she's kind of a, you know, she's kind of persona non grata and uh what and the first issue was really fun and we'll see where it goes from here um as far as other things that i am reading <laughs> i i just finished up the latest novel in the orphan x series by greg hurwitz have you have you ever read these books are you familiar with no, greg hurwitz i'm not so greg hurwitz is uh i first became familiar with greg hurwitz through uh comic book work because he, he he did like runs on the Punisher, and he did a series called Vengeance of Moon Knight with the uh, artist Jerome Pena following uh, Siege, the, the Marvel crossover with that finally got rid of Norman Osborn as <laughs> basically the uh, Secretary of Defense of the United States of America. And um, yeah, the, not, not one of Obama's greatest moments was appointing uh, Norman Osborn to be the, the, nah. the leader of uh, Hammer, which took over from S.H.I.E.L.D., right? At post uh, Secret not Invasion. Um, but um, Greg Kerwitz is a, a writer that I really like. He started a series several years ago called Orphan X about a, a former uh, black ops assassin who Definitely. leaves the program. He's got all the black ops money, all, all you know, and he's got you know, he, you know, <laughs> safe houses all over America, you know, and and he puts this these skill sets to to help people. Rich, he's kind of like the equalizer in that sense. Oh, that's really cool. And so I just read the Last Orphan, which is the the, the latest book in the in the the series. Uh, I do recommend if you want to if you if you like kind of urban vigilante characters, especially ones who have you know uh, secret black ops training, <laughs> go check out the first book, it's, which is called appropriately <laughs> enough Orphan X by Greg Hurwitz. I'm a big fan of this series. Okay, so I'm looking here, and first of all, it looks amazing. And he's called the Nowhere Man. That's his uh, non-Black uh, Ops name is okay. the Nowhere Man. That's also the name of the second book, which is really good. Okay. Evan Smoke, book one. That's right. Evan Smoke is the name of our main character, who is, of course, Orphan X. Perfect. Thanks the to the power. And I, I'm not trying to like sway people one day, way or the other. I had some Audible uh, extra credits and so oh you know what scott brick the guy so i read the books and then i like it so much i go read i go listen to the audiobook in in parts during commutes when i'm not listening (laughs) to podcasts scott brick does an amazing job reading these books he's like him and another um audio reader ray porter are like my favorite readers and and scott brick also does the the dune books on on, an audiobook format so like I am a big fan of Scott Brick, who does a lot of the, uh, who does all the stuff with Greg Hurwitz for his his uh, pretty much all his audiobooks. Nice. So I will be listening to that tonight before bed, and now I have something I will pop on. And so next week I will give my thoughts on the first 
a book because I usually do pretty good reading or read, listening to an audio book. Are you, are, you like, are you like John Pollock? You listen to things 1.5 times no, the speed. I listen to them. Like I, I have a short commute to work, but I do, especially now that my students have kind of, they're going off to their jobs. I'll have the ability to just do some busy work the next couple of days. And tomorrow, a uh, Monday's a bank holiday for me. And I'm now working at a bank so I can use it, which is absurd to me. And so I'm going to listen to that all day Monday, my mom permitting, because I can't just have it in my ear and then catch it to the back of the head because I'm not listening to her. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, oh man, this is good. I'm really excited about this. All right. And so before we get out of here, do you have any other recommendations based on this week comic wise? Uh, if not, that's fine. Uh, no, uh, but a lot of people are liking the new uh, Transformers comic by Daniel Warren Johnson, who who's a big wrestling fan. Uh, and uh, I have a print of Jushin Thunder Liger by Daniel Warren Johnson. I've got his uh, uh, Green Leader uh, unofficial Star Wars comic that he that he uh, produced himself as a zine. <laughs> great, great. He did Murder Falcon. He did Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which is like if you've never seen Wonder Woman running into battle into, in a post-apocalyptic DC future using the the spine and skull of Superman as as a weapon, then you haven't lived life as a comic fan, I, I, I feel so. Wow. Well, I mean, that is a great way for us to kick this off. So clearly, but, if you're but, listening and you got the free side of things, you're welcome. You, you know, but I do have some other uh, plugs to... to yeah, uh, plug to, away. To, plug away one is like the the most recent edition of of post perez which you can find for free up at the post wrestling site just look for uh post perez i did with karen peterson our good friend karen peterson rich who, hey karen said hey. she she will be a, a hopefully a guest time per schedule wise uh schedules permitting uh on this season i mentioned it to her she she'd be very excited to join us on episode of mcu later and uh yeah check that out uh i will have a new episode of the long and winding royal road i'm gonna recording it tomorrow on location at the bde towers i am going to be joined this month by Braden harrington from up next and the poison rana podcast so uh, we're gonna be talking about the history of terry funk in all japan pro wrestling to uh kind of commemorate the the passing of of the, the legendary Terry Funk, and uh, we're going to be looking at his retirement match, his, his retirement match, and from 1983, and uh, and, and I, I kind of did a lot of research as you could, you you helped me provide some materials for that. Um, but I will say this, Rich, like part of my research, the best article that I read was not by other people; it was by John Pollock. He had the most concise, most informative article. On on our website, postwrestling.com, <laughs> about the career of Terry Funk. I urge people to go read that. It, it's 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 fantastic. And unlike some other people who ramble on about other things that have nothing to do with Terry Funk, it, you can you can finish it within like uh, maybe ten minutes of reading it. And uh, for an article, I think that's perfect. If you have to like, you know, go on tangents about other wrestlers oh, that have nothing to do with Terry man. Funk to to fill out. A, you know what you're writing. I don't. I and I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at that. But also, okay. at, at some point, Rich, you and I are going to do something over on the torch side. We yep. just have to maybe off air. You and I are going to discuss the scheduling of those. But we're we're going to look at Ahsoka as a series over at uh, over on the deep dive. 
we've already yes. kind of preliminary discussed this, but we just have to work out the details. But we're gonna have that up for the for for all you post post wrestling fans who also like Star Wars fans, and you're wondering why did why did WH's proposal of the show this is the way spelled W A I by the way. Why did that never take off? Well, you know, I do stuff. I was doing stuff over at Grapple. Scheduling-wise, that's been a little bit hard recently. So we didn't get to do Ahsoka reviews. But Rich, you you and I, it's finished. You and I have been talking mm-hmm. about this series uh, pretty much almost every mm-hmm. week after each episode drops. We'll talk about it as a whole sometime, uh, sometime soon, maybe before the end of this month. Yes, that is the goal. By the end of the month, it's going to definitely be an easy because as football winds down, I will have a lot more time, a lot more time. And so, yes. And on my end, I think plug wise, that was actually going to be one of them. It'll be hopefully you, me and JP Hulan, if we can kind of get the timelines going together and everything working, not necessarily with, you know, the, the sacred timeline, but more like the secret, you know, sleep <laughs> schedule of, you know, babies and whatnot. And, and, and being in different time zones. That's right, also, the sacred uh, time zones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah as well and so that we're looking forward to that and uh you know over on the torch i do several shows uh deep dive you just heard about uh everything with rich fan with my boss and your publisher with keller and you know more but y'all y'all hear about them you know if you're new here you'll hear more about them later a few of my folks may be guests uh but that's enough for this week again like we said this is offered for free if you want to hear the rest of this, please, we encourage you to go over and invest in uh, a little thing we call post wrestling. It's like a little startup company, you know, five years in. Listen, I don't know if you know. Just try it for a it's month. Awesome. Try it for a month. I, what's the cheap? What's the cheapest entry point? Five bucks. I want to say it's bucks? a cup of Joe. Right. Say. It's nothing. Instead of su- supporting an evil conglomerate like Dunkin' Donuts or some shit, give John away. Five, five, seven bucks of your fucking money for a month. Go, go dive, deep dive into the archives. Go you won't regret it, like people. It. You're not going to find a funnier, like, you know, uh, what, what is, what's the word? A dry sense of humor than John Pollock. Yeah. Let me just tell you that, right? So if you, you if you it. like Lego, sometimes Way talks about Lego on air. So six bucks, one milk, one, one sugar. <laughs> nothing. That's nothing. A month. Just try it for a month, I mean, folks. I mean, come on now. Double, double, 12 bucks a month. And of course, if you want to go for it, you could be an Expresso member for 50 bucks a month. But for $6 a month, you get MCU later. Every talk. Episode. Free editions of everything. You get video access. You You get, get, you get, (sighs) you get, you get Brandon from New Jersey boring the shit out of everyone. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding, Brandon. Or am I? Oh my God! Clearly, you get WH Park. <laughs> now you get that. You get that for free, anyways. But <laughs> oh God! Well, I, I think we have stayed our welcome on the free side of things, folks. Thank you, and until next time. Oh, we'll uh, MCU later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.